Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 206. And away. Wait. Go. Wait, so get a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dawn. I'm a more breaker. Strict plan into war. About to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a shot of wrestling episode 206. And the words I've been waiting once to hear. And the pick is in. Pick 199 from Hollywood. Mark Schwann. Mark, welcome to a shot of wrestling. Oh, man. Do I get a jersey and everything? Yeah, Do we the... have shot wrestling jerseys? I looked them up. They're kind of expensive. Okay. Maybe not. We're not there yet. Not yet. Not yet. Keyword Maybe... is yet, though. Yeah. We will get there. We will get jerseys one day, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Come yeah, on. How they, sexy would that be? They gotta be football jerseys, not these baseball jerseys or basketball no, tank tops. I need, I need football jerseys. No, no, no. Football jersey, 100%. Yeah. Please. Anyway, Mark, uh, like I mentioned, the NFL draft started. You're a big football guy. You ready? You happy about sports are back in the news? You know what? Uh, Remember did sports, you see right? The, did you see the NFL draft drew his biggest ratings ever? I'm not surprised. What else is, what else is on? I think, I think 15 million people tuned in plus for the NFL draft. Uh, very exciting. I, I've, always, I've always been a big draft guy, a big NFL fan, big Jets fan. And, uh, well, this year I was even more excited for it because, yeah, it gave me something else to look forward to. How you liking and the work? Jets did not disappoint. Yeah, you say that now. Wait till, wait till September. Yeah, sure. How are you liking the if, virtual if, draft? If, if, uh, I was expecting to be more trades, but with like how everything's going, it, it just doesn't allow that to happen. Now, you know, we're talking about September – you know, we're assuming that we're going to have an NFL season. Yeah. You know, we, we still don't really know that. I doubt it. And what I want to see these men pick players for their team. I don't need to see their fucking kids dancing. I don't need to see your little fucking kids. Just show me what you're picking. Oh, my God. The virtual draft's getting a little bit annoying. Are you watching right now? Do you have it on the background? I have it on in the background, yeah. You know what the Jets traded for? I, I tuned in right when the Jets traded their pick for the Patriots. Now it's when you turned off. I mean... I lose interest like midway to the after their tenth pick because I don't know any of these names, so I, I just pay attention to the Dolphins pick and I listen to the follow up analysis of who the pick is and uh, take it from there. Got it. Well, this is not a football podcast, even though uh, I could probably go on for football forever. Yeah, there's something else I wanted to talk about. What was it, Mark? What was it? I mean, it's been a long week, right? It's been a very long week. It's been a long year. It's only, it's only April. Yeah, April's not even done yet. Oh my god! Twenty twenty sucks. Do you hear about the comet that's supposed to fly by next week? The what? There's supposed to be a comet flying by Earth next week. Oh really? Please hit it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story. I mean, we're supposed to like narrowly miss us. We're supposed to. But there was something else I wanted to talk about, Mark. Was it how uh, handsome I am? No, that definitely was not it. Was it uh, something you watched? Uh, maybe. I did watch a lot of stuff, so it gets lost, blended together. I know, I know what it is. I know what it is. You want know to talk about? I, I know you're a big sticker guy, right? You want know to talk about Jedi Jedi Jack Yeti? 
Okay. How we have that partnership with them. You put in a code SOW25 and you get 25% off $10 purchase or more. Uh, dude, have you checked out the stickers? Yes. Dude, they're pretty badass, man. Totally. I, I love uh, my personal favorite is the Ric Flair one. I, I talked about that. Uh, I think they released another Ric Flair one. I was really fucking dope. But uh, yeah, everyone, uh, anyone who's listening, if you like stickers, you like professional wrestling, you like Star Wars as well, uh, this is a place to check out. Go to Instagram, Jedi Jack Yeti. You want to spell it out for people? J E D I J A C K Y E T I Jedi Jack Yeti. S O W 25. There you go. Nice plug. Oh, thank you. Was that what you wanted to talk about? No, it wasn't. But, uh, oh, okay. I can't think of it, but you're right. It's not a football podcast, so let's get right into some news. It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. Right, Mark? I just said this is not a football podcast, right? But the biggest news story in the world of wrestling is about a football player. Gronk has coming out of retirement, current reigning defending 24-7 champion, is now a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Pro Football Talk spoke to his agent, said he'll honor the contract, saying, and I quote, activities related to football otherwise than for the club or engage any activity other than football, which may involve significant risk of personal injury, blah, blah, blah. How do you think he's going to lose the 24-7 championship? Oh, well, I mean, it's it's just going to be a one last appearance probably, uh, maybe at Money in the Bank or something like that. Who knows? I mean, does anyone really care? Because, like, as I mentioned before, you know, Gronk, you, you never know what you're going to get with Gronk. I feel like this is a, a mistake in WWE's part. I don't necessarily know the financials behind their signing. I don't necessarily know w- what it entailed. Um, but, like, you know, Gronkowski, he's, uh, he just beats to the, he goes to the bottom beat of his own yeah, drum. Definitely. You know, that's what you get with him. You know, and uh, I even think it's a mistake for Tampa Bay even to get him. But again, it's, it's the 24-7 championship. Uh, old guys have had it. It's just a simple roll-up. Right. If this does die down, I can see maybe working out in the gym or maybe on the football field practicing and someone just sneaks up on him. It, as soon as this opens up, he'll, he'll lose the belt. Unless they want the yeah, publicity. I, people are, people are, are, like CBS Sports, I think Sports Illustrated are mentioning him as the current WWE champion. So yeah. Maybe they're I mean, enjoying the publicity. It, it is a plug for WWE. Uh, I don't just know. I, I don't even know if like Vince McMahon was in the know beforehand. Like, hey, Gronk may come back. I don't think like, so. It, it, it seems like Gronk just woke up one morning. It's like, hey, you know, I, I think I want to go back to football. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised by that. Tom Brady said jump, and he said how high. It, yeah, exactly. He, Tom Brady was on the was on the horn, literally, yeah. and uh, Gronk came on running. Exactly. Uh, this wouldn't be the first time something like this had happened. Pac-Man Jones learned the hard way when the Titans had a court order issued against him to stop him from wrestling at TNA in 2007. Right. So they had to go to court. I don't think he's going to court because WWE is cool with it. But, you know, Mojo Raleigh congratulated his friends saying he came to his turf, stole his title from him. He might go to his turf, take his title back. So look for Mojo to do something? Okay. That would make the most sense. That's the most logical move there. But poor Mojo. Like, he had this character. He turned heel. And then all of a sudden they just forget all about it, turn him back to party Mojo. And now Mojo's again floating in the wind with nothing to do. Because you know he's going to be part of this build up to whatever match was supposed to happen at SummerSlam. But. Right. By Mojo. Right. Like Mojo, like, he just, that's what happens with like some wrestlers, some athletes even. You know, you, you just get lucky. 
you know, I, I do see with Mojo Raleigh. I mean, he does have potential to do other things. You know, I, I see that fire in him, uh, especially when he was doing those promos when he's talking to himself in the mirror. You know, there was there was some there was something there. Uh, it, does he have the best ability in the ring? Um, he's pretty good. He's, there was, he, he's okay. There was one match he had. I'm not sure if it was a one of the John Cena opens or there was a match he had that went pretty long, and he was actually very impressive. People backstage were impressed. But then nothing came. Yeah, out, so. He's he's gotten better. It just for whatever reason, you know, uh, it just doesn't seem to work. Hmm. Another news: some place we won't see Rob Gronkowski. Saudi Arabia. Apparently, W was hoping to go back there in November, December, the latest. What's that's thinking like way down the line? I, I can't even imagine that happening. November, December. That sounds like two years from now. Yeah. <laughs> But like you know, I, I Saudi Arabia really, really wants them back, obviously because they're, they're probably suffering as well over there. But of course, I mean the whole world is suffering, and you know WWE they could use the money to, as far as going over there. It, the thing is, like, the fans do they really care? And I feel like a lot of talent they probably don't either. No. You know, unless like you're an old name like Goldberg or someone else who want to bring it back, maybe like Hulk Hogan. You know, that's just the easy payday to get a lot of money there from that. But you know, as far as just like it seems like with a lot of wrestlers. You know, you, you hear rumblings here that, you know, they're not necessarily big on going over there. And hell, man, we all know. We can just look on Twitter and see how the fans think about Saudi Arabia shows. Yeah, right. But if they have to so next... I think a lot of us hope that they never go back. <laughs> if they do have to cancel the next, the second 2020 event, they will not lose revenue because the good part about this is that they were able to just tack it into the backside of the 10 year contract, which means the event is just basically postponed. They'll do three events in one year. So they don't lose money. So. Okay. So All right, there you go. That's good, I guess, for those who care. But again, like I said, Mark, slow news week. Another news. Mike, Very slow news week. Mike Yoda broke his silence, saying I wanted to say thanks to the WWE and all my amazing WWE fans and the universe. 35 years and 31 years of refereeing working for the WWE has been a fantastic run. I am so proud to have worked with so many icons and amazing talent in this industry. I thank you all. One love, Mike Yoda. Now, I have a Mike Yoda memory. You one do. Of, one of my highlights. I'm not sure if it was Madison Square Garden or the time we had to go into New Jersey for Monday Night SmackDown, but we were on the floor. We were a couple of rows behind the commentary, me and Green Man. My Kyoto's in the ring. All of a sudden, I just start it's dead silent. The thing's commercial. There's... So I do uh, my Kyoto chant. My Kyoto. <laughs> my Kyoto. And it, it starts to pick up, and he looks over at me, and it picks up. I started a chant. For the coolness, I'm going to say it's Madison Square Garden just because it's cooler. But you know, it wasn't a big chant that engulfed the whole arena, but it, was a, it caught on. My first and only time ever starting a chant was from Mike Kyoto. Thanks, thanks, Mike. Those are cool moments, yeah. man. I've started a couple, a couple of chants before. It's a cool moment. But yeah, you know, Mike Kyoto, um, who's the senior official now for WWE? It's a good question. I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't even point it. Because didn't they let go of another wrestler, too? Was it Scott Armstrong? Was it Scott Armstrong? I think he was let go already. Oh, he, he the, was like the, the right? as a producer, I think. Oh, that's right. He was a producer, so right? The, I think the only referee I see so on a regular I, basis is the um, short little Italian guy with the slick back, black hair. Mini Nate is still there, right? Uh yeah, I think he's. So he might be the senior. I don't see him that too often, though. So he's right, right. Who knows, man? Dude, it's such a bummer. My Kyoto's gone, dude. What a presence! Someone talking about someone we've seen all these matches is my Kyoto. Wasn't if it wasn't uh, that other guy, Earl Hebner, it was my Kyoto. Right. Exactly. He'll be missed. I wonder if, he, I wonder if he's going to land on his feet somewhere else. Or I just... was just about to say the same thing. You know, does he go to AEW? Does he go to ROH? Does he go somewhere else? 
you know, I, I think it's a referee of his magnitude, like one would think, like he would go shift to AEW, but, you know, AEW seems like they're filled up with the referee spots, you know, with Aubrey yeah. Edwards and Earl Hebner there. Who's hurting um, for referees, yeah. Yeah, who's really hurting for referees, you know. Um, but, you know, I really hope Mike Yoda lands somewhere. Me too. Or or maybe he's, or maybe he's being furloughed, you know, maybe he can come back to WWE. No, news. In other news, Mark, again, slow news week. W Smackdown Mystery Hackers posted a very interesting message on their Twitter account, and fans are speculating it is connected to the company's Stand Up for the WWE campaign back in 2010. So they're reusing this Twitter campaign from 10 years ago. They have set the coordinates from their hometown to Truth and Consequences, New Mexico. Okay, that's news. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, like, I heard reports like you know, that, that this could be uh, multiple people. It's not just one person. That could be Ali and Chad Gable or Shorty G, whatever the hell you want to call them now. Yeah, have, uh, you heard, have you heard the recordings? Have I heard the recordings yeah. of the of this masked man or the the hooded guy? I should yeah, say? They, they, um, yeah, I've heard, I've heard it. Undistorted it. So you, here it is, Ali. It is Chad Gable. It is Chad Gable. Yeah, it is. Some Ali. people were saying it was. Some people were saying it's Xavier Woods. Uh, there's a third one out. I didn't hear who the third voice has been. So maybe the third one is Xavier Woods. Um, but it, so is this a multi-person thing? Is this WWE being smart enough to throw people off the scent of having different voices? So people can't latch on to it, which I think that's more of the direction they're going with this. But or Ch- is Chad it Gable, the fact that they were just using some whatever talent that they had and maybe they don't know yet? Exactly. Yeah, they're just throwing people, people together. Distort their voices. So if they use the same voice over and over again, some guy's going to distort it, undistort it, I mean, and find out who it is. So changing I mean, the yeah. voice is a genius, a smart move. So that's in the news, Mark. Who do you think it is? Um, like I said, that, the Ring of Lights mainly thought of Ali, but then... It seems too obvious to be Ali. Yeah, I think it's a little too obvious. Um, I'm, when I heard it was Chad Gable, I'm like, that's a good because it gives Chad Gable something to do other than that Shorty G gimmick. Vince was high on him, allegedly. So um, I don't see how this pans out further than that. But Do you think do, do you think it's could anyone from NXT? Do you think it's someone new? I was going to ask you that. Uh, I could see someone from NXT. I don't know who. I'm not too familiar with the NXT roster fully. But I could see someone from NXT. There are some... Some slight rumblings, and I don't necessarily know how true it is, and I don't want to get my hopes up. But some slight rumblings say it could be CM Punk. And on the news, <laughs> you don't even want to play that game. Huh? No, that's ridiculous. I bet you like a million dollars. It's not CM Punk. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with you. As much as I would love for it to be CM Punk, like. Say they were to bring back CM Punk, right? Say like they signed a deal with him discreetly, of course. You know, is that the way you would bring back CM Punk? No, no, I, I think that would be uh, that would be a waste. Yeah, I don't think there's any really big free agents out there, um, so I can't think of anybody else except someone in house or maybe NXT. Right, right. It's gonna be someone repackaged. Um, I don't know. I just can't see Shorty G pulling off an angle like that. I don't think he's got. I, I, I just don't see it with him. I, I don't see it with him. I, I don't know. I just I don't see it in general with him as far as a personality. Really? I, I think he's got I, I think he's got great ring ability. I think he really does. As far as like a character a persona, I just don't really see that with him. Ali maybe a little bit more so, but I just I just don't think it's him because like you said, it's too obvious. Yeah, and uh, I remember when he was doing those Batman vignettes about how he's fighting for justice back in the day when SmackDown Live was on Tuesdays. Uh, right, and this could lead into be married to that but who knows who knows does anybody care it's it's intriguing you know we all like a little mystery yeah 
you know, we like to we like to be played with a little bit, you know, and then eventually we want to see a, a good payoff. Mark, in other news, I think something we talked about when the news first broke, but now the Hulk Hogan Netflix movie on the life of Hulk Hogan is currently in the scripting stage, according to ScreenRant.com. Actor Chris Helmsworth, who will be playing Hulk Hogan, spoke with ScreenRant to promote the Extraction movie, and he said he hasn't seen the script for the Hogan movie yet, saying, and I quote, Look, I haven't read a script yet. I know it's being written and worked on. I know very little about it. Eh? I'm sort of what in the process now. What are you doing? Start out Scottish. I'm working. Give me, give me a minute. I'm just fascinated. Sto- Scottish? He's Australian. No, I, I was trying to do Australian, but I heard it as Scottish. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to judge it, asshole. Okay, can you just give me a minute? Jesus. Crikey. Take two. Crikey. I'm just fascinated by the oh. world. I think they've been pretty keen to show a side of the world that people haven't seen before. I'm intrigued as you are. Got it. Nailed it. Yes. Knew it would come no, to you, Mark. You did not nail that. Was, that. I nailed it. You, 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 you would it. not even get a call back. Nailed it. Crikey. I nailed no it. No way in hell. That was awesome. I don't know what you're <laughs> listening to. So anyway, I, I... Netflix has exclusive <laughs> rights to the story of Hulk Hogan. He will serve as consultant and an EP, as well as Eric Bischoff. And Bradley Cooper. He's involved as a producer oh, as wow. well. Scott Silver and John Polano are writing the script, while Todd Phillips is set to direct. Those names you know? All right. No, yeah, definitely I know them. Uh, yeah, sounds like they're this is going to be like a legit serious movie. Yeah, right? Excited about it? I, I'm curious about it, for sure. I mean, like the I think the, the casting choice, Chris Hemsworth, to play Very Hulk Hogan is, is, is interesting, but doable? Does that make sense? Like, Crocky, I don't know. Really Can he drop the accent? I mean, he did for Thor. So he could probably do Hulk Hogan, brother. I'm just full of accents today. Yeah, I mean, exactly, with the accent, too, and everything. I know, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be very interesting to see. I, I think they have a good setup, though, uh, with, you know, a uh, good production team, good writers, a great director. It could be a good movie. So the script is in the writing stages. That's much farther than the Chris Benoit movie we heard about on and off for years. Right. Right. And uh, it sounded like it didn't really iron out, like, you know, who would play Benoit. At one point, it was supposed to be uh, uh, Lee Schreiber. That's, all, um, that's the only thing I heard, yeah. But I, I don't think anything really Seems came of it other than it talks. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, Mark. And the uh, slow news week that was. Another streak has come to an end, Mark. I didn't go to WrestleMania this year. And this year, I also won't be getting W2K21. It's been confirmed that the video game will not be released. And no reason why was given during the Q1 2020 investors call this week. A new game is planned well, to be released later know- this year. But we don't have no clue what that game is. But, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've seen a lot of people are pretty happy about this, actually, because I didn't get the last game, WWE 2K20, uh, but I heard a lot of bad things about it. I heard it was probably the worst game that was ever came out of the WWE 2K series. Initially. There's a lot of bugs. The game itself is not bad. There's a lot but of... Apparently, it took a long time to get its bugs fixed. Yeah, longer than usual. You, when, when any game comes out, there's going to be bugs, especially a game that's heavily online stuff. Uh, but, right, but this was also the first year that was a Ukes wasn't a part of it. I think. involved. Yeah, yeah, right. Which is a big factor. So I don't know. Eventually, they got the kinks out, and it was a good game. So if you were going to miss twenty twenty one, having gotten two K twenty, now's the time to get it because the old bugs are kicked, were cleared out. It's a fun game to watch if you have nothing better to do during your quarantine time. So I'm sure it's like twenty dollars right now too. Yeah, probably. Well, well <laughs> worth it. The official Twitter account of W. 2K Games announced they were sharing further details on the future of the W2K franchise on Monday, April 27th at 7 a.m. Pacific time. 
10 a.m. Eastern. So I don't know what that means. That sounds pretty ominous. That does sound really ominous. I mean, what does that mean in general? Does this mean that the relationship is discontinued? Uh, I don't think they would say that in a tweet. I think um, it might mean they're going to transfer over to maybe a different um, maker. What uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Developer. Thank you. Developer. Maybe got to do new game engine, new totally revamped game. We'll see. Anyway, enough of that. That's way longer than I thought the news would take. We got through it, Mark. We got through it. Whatever slow news we've we, we did, did it. We did it. That's the news. There we go. All right, Mark. I guess next, uh, you know, Abel, he's back doing interviews. He interviewed uh, a big member of our Ring of Honor, ROH, everyone knows him, Rhett Titus. Abel, take it away. If you're ready and willing, I'm Abel, and welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, the interviews. If you've not done so already, make sure you follow us on all forms of social media. That's Shot of Wrestling on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also contact us via email at inbox at shotofwrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on the Shot of Wrestling hotline. Now we say it's time and time again that wrestling brings us together and today is no different because today we are joined by Ring of Honor's own Rhett Titus. Welcome to Shot of Wrestling. Abel, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to be here and I'm excited to be uh, taking a shot of wrestling. Oh, by the end of this night, we will be taking a lot of shots, but more shots into what Rhett Titus is all about, man. Thank you, first and foremost, for definitely joining us and taking the time. It's a very strange time that we're living in, but we just wrapped up Mania Weekend. And I know everybody, from talent and fans alike, were looking forward to this huge weekend. What were your WrestleMania weekend plans, and what would you think we'd be talking about if everything went out according to plan? Well, I was going to be with Ring of Honor at Supercard of Honor wasn't exactly sure what I was doing on the show yet because the show was canceled probably about a month and a half before, you know, you know, when we left Las Vegas, we knew that Supercard of Honor wasn't happening, Mm -hmm. which was very unfortunate, you know, but, um, you know, I didn't think people would be talking about WrestleMania having no people and the, uh, events that, you know, surround WrestleMania that none of them would happen. And, I did not think that we'd be having this deadly virus going on right now and a very uh, damper on what's usually a positive weekend. But WWE, you know, they put out two really good shows, um, some different interesting segments on the shows that had people talking. So it was good that they gave everybody a, um, a getaway from what was going on in the world. And, you know, Ring of Honor released a lot of um, really good matches on YouTube as well. I got to go mm-hmm. back and relive... Um, the uh, Dragon Gate Six Man from Supercard of Honor in uh, 2006, which if you uh, didn't go watch that Dragon Gate Six Man tag match, I would definitely go check that out. It's one of the, one of the greatest matches in Ring of Honor history, and that's uh, covering a lot of ground. You know, now that we're getting right into our Ring of Honor conversation, I always try to remember, like, is there a moment where I saw the person I'm going to be interviewing? Like, something that I could draw back and we could talk about a match that I saw or something that we connected. And, you know, we're big in the independent wrestling scene in our area. And I'm, like, thinking, where have I seen him before? Where have I seen him before? And then I'm, like, of course. You know, Ring of Honor, New Japan Supercar, Madison Square Garden. 
you know, you were in that battle royal. How was it coming into that big arena filled with so many people and being part of that historic event? Man, uh, it was literally, you know, when you say it's a dream come true, it's a dream come true. Every, <laughs> every, everybody who gets in wrestling, you know, nowadays thinks about wrestling at Madison Square Garden. It is literally the mecca. And uh, it was, you know, it was very, very surreal the whole entire day. You know, I went to the gym uh, over in, like, Jersey City earlier that day. And I remember, like, leaving there and, like, I was, I was leaving the gym and I was, like, I was like seeing spots and like, you know, trying to drive and like traffic and like, you know, my GPS was messing up and I was like, Oh, I knew I, I knew I wasn't going to make it. Oh, <laughs> you God. know, I knew something was going to happen prior to it and I knew something was going to mess it up, but you know, I got there, I was fine. And, you know, I took the bus on over in New York city and it was all just a surreal experience. Just walking into the hollow grounds in Madison square garden. I remember the first, um, the first time Ring of Honor ever ran New York City, you know, uh, the New Yorker Hotel. That was uh, Manhattan Mayhem, and that was 2005. Actually, it happened to be three days after my first son was born, and uh, I had gone to the Ring of Honor tryout camp prior to that and got accepted into the school. So I was like, hey, you know, even though my son was just born three days ago, uh, uh, I'm going to go and, uh, you know, help out, do what I can, you know. Obviously, things didn't work out with me and his mom, but uh, that's another time for another story. But um, seeing where it was in that little New Yorker hotel and then finally getting to Hammerstein Ballroom, it was like, oh, my gosh, we we made it. Hammerstein Ballroom. You know, it's, you know, even being upstairs in the Grand Ballroom at the Manhattan Center, it was like, oh, we're at the Manhattan Center. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is amazing. And you never thought we'd make it downstairs to the Hammerstein Finally, we made it downstairs to the Hammerstein. Like, oh my gosh, you know, we came in, you know, we're, we're turning people away at this point, you know. And then, you know, Madison Square Garden was just never a thought. It was never an idea. It was just unattainable, per se, because WWE had that building on lockdown for so many years. And then finally, it felt amazing to be the first company to ever get their grasp on that building and run it besides WWE. Now, is that a fact? Because we definitely read the dirt sheets and rumors that WWE had it unlocked. But is that really true? Like, WWE would not allow any other uh, wrestling events that happen at Madison Square Garden, to your um, knowledge, at least? I I mean, I know that they didn't want Ring of Honor to run it there, so they tried stopping that. But, you know, the Ring of Honor lawyers took care of all that and got it back on track. Um, but... I don't know if anybody ever tried it, but it's one of those things where who else could have done it? I don't think uh, TNA was really ever at liberty to do it, or possibly WCW, but they had, you know, pretty, I'm pretty sure they had pretty ironclad contracts with certain arenas and stuff that prevented that from happening back then too, you know? So uh, I'd imagine they probably uh, blocked a lot of people from trying to get there, but I don't really know who would have been able to do it. And you went right in there in that battle royal. Uh, you you met some of you, there was like a lot of history in the people you were meeting. Like everything felt just right. You know, if if I isolated you in that battle royal, you know, the people you were coming against. You know, your your old partner. You know, just so many stories, so much emotion in there. You know, so walk me through it. You know, from the moment you walked out that curtain to the moment you were eliminated, what was going through your mind? Man. um, 
it was cool because like you know i always like to get a quick pump in before i go out you know and i'm warming up and something happened with the meet and greet and like one of the guys jordan who worked for ring of honor was like right can you come do me this favor real quick he brings me into his room he's like i need you to take some pictures with some fans like the meet and greet uh they didn't get their tickets in time and they missed it and you know we're just trying to make them happy and i was like all right cool you know and then all of a sudden like he brings me into like the Knicks locker room to take photos with these guys. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like, you know, like here they are coming to get a photo. And I'm here I am locker room. And then like, they're like, all right, we got to go over here. And they rushed me over to the Rangers locker room. I'm like, what the hell? And I, I was always a big New Jersey. Yeah. I was always a big New Jersey devils fan. And, um, so I always hated the Rangers. So I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing in here, you know? And then, like, right from there, like, it's, like, right out the door. And then, like, uh, they're calling for me at Gorilla. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's just, like, uh, this this crazy chain of events. And you're running down there. And you're, like, you know, you're, like, looking like, man, like, which way do I go? And, uh, you know, you walk out. And it's just, like, holy crap, you know so many people here you know uh it's just wild to see it and you know you're like all right uh, let's not trip <laughs> all right we're doing pretty good okay and you know by the time you get to the ring you're totally into it you know and it's just like uh it's just like that's where you're meant to be you know and with all those eyes on you so once you're able to get to that position you, you know the talent just takes over being in a large arena like that, do you really get to absorb the full size of it? Or do you kind of like just see the first three rows and black out the rest? Uh, you, you try to take it all in, but it's really hard because, uh, you know, you, yeah, I remember, you know, you, you're on pay-per-view and, you know, times are, you know, everything. So it's hard to try to take it all in because, you know, everything is moving so fast and everything is like at this pace where it's hard to take it in. But, um especially it being the first time, you know, but it was pretty cool. Cause afterwards when like, uh, my, my wife and, um, my mom came to the show to see it and I, you know, got to see, I met up with them and we actually got to take like a picture in front of like, they have a, a little case there where Hulk Hogan's boots are and it's like a nice little display there. So we got to take some pictures over there, but like to, to stand like, you know, from like level two and just like a look down and like see everybody and like take it in that way. Like, damn, like I was just out here in front of all these people, you know, it's uh it's a really crazy thought. No, for sure. And we, we mentioned, you know, these are definitely tough times that we're going to something that we never would have even imagined we've been going through, but you seem to be uh, doing pretty well during quarantine. You're keeping yourself busy. You have a ring of honor blog. You're doing this exercise series flex with Rhett I mean, let's not forget being a father and a husband, you know, that's not easy. So how is it being at home with the missus and the baby? You know, uh, I, I was telling you before we started recording, you know, it's like one of those things where I, I'm very happy to have this time off because typically, you know, I'm like, so go, 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 go. It's like always like on to the next thing. I go to the gym twice a day. So it's like morning, night, you know, and all this stuff in between, you know, traveling here, there, back, you know, doing indies, you know. We're trying to take care of the baby, you know, going to see my other son, you know, making mm -hmm. sure the wife's happy. So it's like now I'm just like sitting at home, relaxing, <laughs> you know, and like and it's just like a, a breath of fresh air, you know, and it'd be cool to like, you know, even when my my son was born in July, um, which is funny, my son 
like I had alluded to earlier, my first son, Chase, he was born in 2005, and he was born three days before Manhattan Mayhem in mm-hmm. 2005. And my son, RJ, who was born in 2019, was actually born three days before Manhattan Mayhem in 2019. So I was like, well, you know, I, I went, <laughs> I was uh, I was there for it last time, so I got to do it again, you know, which is, uh, <laughs> and it was crazy because, like, I called, like, that he was going to be born that day just because of how it like lined up, you know, I was like, Oh yeah, watch she'll be born uh, on this day because it's three days beforehand. And sure enough. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So even when he was born, it was still go, 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 you know? And so no time for a break. So I feel like, you know, we always have that anxiety about like, Oh, what happens if I take a break? What happens if I stop, you know, if I take a month off, you know, which just isn't in a wrestler's mentality because, you know, you always worry about somebody else coming up and you missing an opportunity or something like that. So now to have a break where everything is at a break, you know, and you can have the uh, the peace of mind to know that you're not missing anything is uh, is a really, really good feeling because, you know, you're getting to relax, you're getting to recover, and you don't have to uh, have all those anxious feelings on, I got to get back, I got to get back because nobody's nobody's going right now so it's uh it's a crazy time to be living in though yeah no i love that you're staying positive and really looking at what the silver lining is you know just like you i like i'm enjoying playing time with my son which i didn't get to do as much when i'm out there working or um out recording or doing uh independent wrestling shows because i also do commentating on the side so it's like there's always something going on um so i'm appreciating the extra time yeah, you know, and uh, when my wife's working from home, so I'm taking care of the baby all day. It's fun. We're playing games. We're watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, you know, doing the hot dog dance all day, you know, having a great time. And <laughs> it, 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 um, it's definitely cool, you know. It's definitely cool to, like, give back and, you know, provide content like the um, like the Flex with Red series where I'm, you know, giving live free workouts to people, you know, at home who are bored with nothing to do and maybe they want to get in shape. Maybe they don't know how to, though. maybe they don't know how to get started. Maybe they don't got that motivation. Maybe they don't got the dedication of allotting a certain time to do it. You know, there's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts that come into things like this, you know, and, and then writing the blog for of Honor, ROHWrestling.com, it's pretty cool because um, I'm writing about experiences from my whole entire career, you know, back from when I first started, you know, before I even got into wrestling and my first thoughts on Ring of Honor and stuff like that, just a getaway, you know, five, 10 minutes of reading this blog and being like, wow, I forgot all about the coronavirus. You know, it's a good feeling to not have to think about it, to not be paranoid about this crazy disease that you can catch at the drop of a hat. You know, you turn on the TV, that's all you see. You flip through the channels, every commercial coronavirus, every show is, in some different form because of this, you know, nobody's really having the same thing going on. You know, it's very hard to get away from it. So if I can, you know, help people get away from it from, for, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour out of the day, it's a great feeling. And if I'm going to be working out with anybody, what better person than Brett <laughs> Titus? I mean, yeah. you know, right. DDP has, has yoga on lockdown, but I mean, this might be your opportunity. Like what happens during quarantine could actually open an opportunity down the line. Why can't there be more professional wrestlers showing us their workout skills? They, the, the proof is in the pudding. It's working for you. Why can't it work for me? 
Yeah, you know, um, it, uh, maybe I, I come up with my own P90X uh, DVD series and start selling indie shows when we get back up and run. But, uh, you know, it's pretty cool because, you know, uh, I'm I'm trying to film it and, you know, get all the right angles and, you know, demonstrate and do the workout myself all at the same time. So it's kind of hard to navigate sometimes. But And I'm streaming it from my, my phone, my wife's phone and the laptop, <laughs> you know, for three different, like, social media outlets. i got to figure out a way to try to stream it all at once, you know, just to make a life a little bit easier on myself. But, um, you know, I... I find it all fun and I find it all rewarding to, you know, give back. You know, the guy sent me a tweet the other night, like, thank you so much for doing this. Like, you're keeping me motivated. Stuff like that that, like, makes you, like, feel good about yourself at the end of the day, <laughs> you know? No, for sure, for sure. Um, the blog is super cool. Um, I love the way it's starting and, and it's progressing. Uh, so like, let's get into a little bit of that. Could you explain to us how February 23rd changed your life? Um, well, February 23rd, 2002 was the first ever Ring of Honor show. And my brother-in-law, you know, we used to go to a lot of wrestling shows together. And he said, hey, there's this new wrestling show coming out in Philly. Like, do you want to go? And I was like, uh, you know, wrestling was kind of on a, like a downswing at that time. You know, ECW just went out of business and stuff. So, and I was starting to become a teenager, 13, 14, you know things were starting to get a little more interesting than wrestling. I was like, yeah. eh, I don't know. And he was like, uh, well, Steve Carino and Eddie Guerrero are going to be there. And I was like, okay, let's go, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, and I'll just never forget, like, this was the f- first time I've seen guys, you know, with such intensity, with such passion, you know, with such fire, just, you know, throwing guys all over the ring, the stiff, you know, shots back and forth, and like I had never seen wrestling like this. So I was, oh my goodness, this is this is amazing. Like, how did that guy not break his neck? You know, how did that guy not get knocked out there? This is these guys are treating this wrestling like a sport. You know, like, and you know, what? I'm bigger than most of these guys. I can do this. You know, I had, you know, as I always wanted to be a wrestler before, but I don't think if it wasn't for you know, Ring of Honor and, you know, me being in that first show, I don't know if it was ever something that I would pursue, you know, like, cause so many people say like, Oh, I want to be a pro wrestler when I grow up, you know, but how many of those people actually go through with it and actually, right. and then how many people mm-hmm. actually make that into a reality. So if, if I wasn't there that day, I don't think that I'd be doing this right now. Now, because of the blog, you were able to relive in your mind and put into paper what that moment felt for you. Uh, when was the last time you thought about February 23rd? No lie. Like every year, um, when, I, when I look at the date and I see it's February 23rd, I'm like, damn, you know, I just think about it, you know, and uh, I, I went back on the Honor Club uh, a few months ago. And I was like, man, let me watch that show again, you know. Still, really good, solid show. You know, you got a lot of great matches on there. Christopher Daniels versus Loki versus Brian Danielson, Jay Briscoe versus Amazing Red. So there's like a lot of really good matches on there, and it holds up to the day. You know, really good stuff. It's cool because the Honor Club uh, they just uploaded a bunch of old stuff. They have the whole first 2002 year, and they everything from like 2011 and on, but they just went back and they uploaded 2010, which was a very big year for me. Um, and uh, I got to watch some of my old matches the other day that I haven't seen. And 
probably almost about 10 years and I was like, Oh my gosh, like <laughs> this is awesome. You know? So it was very cool to go back and relive all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you've been, um, part of this ongoing thread in the fabric of ring of honor for 15 years and counting. Uh, what are some of the moments in your career that have meant the most to you in ring of honor? Um, probably, uh, having my first match, you know, my first match ever was in ring of honor. So, when I was getting into wrestling, my goal was to wrestle for Ring of Honor. So, like, having that be my first match, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> so happy to like, be able to do that. Um, another big one for me was the uh, Honor Take Center stage with the All Night Express versus the Briscoes. Uh, that was WrestleMania weekend, I want to say 2011. So that was a very big match. Um, and uh, winning the belts from uh, Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team in 2012, the oh, yeah. Tag Titles. Mm -hmm. uh, um, then, uh, you know, getting to be managed by Steve Carino when I was in Scum, that was another really cool thing, too, because Steve Carino was always my favorite wrestler from, like, probably about, like, 99 on, you know. So, um I was very happy to be able to get a chance to do that, you know. Um, yeah, you know, I had a lot of really cool moments wrestling at Madison Square Garden. When I look back and be like, oh my gosh, I did that. Oh, wow, I did that. You know, you're so, you're so, you get so caught up in the moment and so busy with life and all this stuff that it, time goes by so quick and you don't even realize all the stuff you did, you know. That's why it's cool to go back and check it out on like the Honor Club and, you know, uh, writing this blog and, you know, remembering all these things back and uh, reliving it all. You know, your character went through a lot of evolving in the last 15 years, and a wrestler has to evolve his character. So can you walk us through how your character evolved and also explain how you may have drawn inspiration from your own personal life for it? You know, when I first showed up in Ring of Honor, you know, I was a guy wearing green trunks because I was super green. <laughs> so I uh, just kind of out there, learn the moves, going through the motions, getting the experience in front of the crowd, getting the reps in, you know. And uh, I'll never forget, uh, it was actually WrestleMania weekend, I want to say 2007, uh, whenever year it was in Detroit. And it was a huge crowd, you know, and I had a, a dark match early in the evening and I was coming out to the ring and, you know, Adam Pierce used to like to goof off and, do the announcements from the locker room and he announced me as the sexiest man alive, Rhett Titus. And I heard it and I was just like, oh, uh, all right. And I just started doing my best <laughs> Michael Hayes impression, you know? And uh, the next show I showed up, I had like a robe, I had glasses, I had all this. I was like, oh yeah, I got all these ideas and stuff like that. You know, just, you know, I, I never thought of myself as the sexiest man alive because, you know, I never really felt like that. I was always a heavy set kid growing up and whenever I had ever pictured myself as a wrestler, I always thought I'd be wearing like a t-shirt and like baggy clothes and stuff like that because, you know, I was never really comfortable showing off my body, but through working out because of wrestling, you know, I had gotten in pretty good shape, looked pretty good. So, you know, somebody else saw that in me and I was just like, oh, uh, okay, uh, so whatever. And I found how how easier it was to actually have a character to portray when you're in the ring than, you know, just um, going out there as a guy in green tights trying to get people to like you. And from from that, you know, I started turning heads and then eventually I got an opportunity to 
get a little program um, going with Daisy Hayes and Delirious, and that was when Gabe Sapolsky dubbed me as Addicted to Love, right, Titus? And uh, which, you know, was essentially the same thing, but it was just like a, a, a cooler, different name, you know, and, and then I had a bow tie and stuff like that. So, and then that formed into teaming with Kenny King, where he had a, a similar minded character as the pretty boy Pitbull, and he would wear a suit down to the ring, and we kind of just gelled off each other. You know, we were really, we just, you know, complimented each other very well. And then one night in New York City, we were wrestling the Briscoes and the crowd, you know, just um, did a double switch, you know, and, you know, they started cheering for us and booing the Briscoes and the Briscoes, you know, they've been around since day one. So for that to happen in a match with the Briscoes is kind of crazy, but the crowd just started getting behind us and, you know, we'd be bleeding and fighting and, you know, really showing another side of us where, you know, we were ass kickers and uh, stuff like that. But, we eventually won the belts, and Kenny uh, Kenny went on his way to TNA, and then I came to a crossroads where I had to, you know, find myself all over again, and then I got taken under the wing by Steve Carino and joined Scum, which eventually got me kicked out of Ring of Honor, and I came back under a mask as the romantic touch, coming back addicted to love sort of but a new twist on it under a mask and you know maybe i was spanish maybe i was irish maybe i was you know jamaican <laughs> nobody really knew but um and then which eventually brought me back to teaming with kenny once again when he came back from tna and you know kind of picking up where we left off and which you know then we got Caprice put with us and we uh, formed the cabinet and uh, tried to make wrestling great again, which then turned into the rebellion with Shane Taylor as well. And, you know, we were some ass kickers rebelling against the system, which then we lost a loser team must have spanned. And it was back to the drawing boards again. And then I started teaming with Will Ferrara. We were the dogs and Little Willie and the Big Dog, and uh, which was a very fun tag team as well because uh, it was like I could spike if they came to life and then yeah, you, could, you could tell you, know, you guys were having fun on that one. Oh yeah we had we were having a blast and uh you know he lost a match to cheeseburger and he never showed back up again and um you know then I was kind of looking for him for a little while but I kind of found myself amongst that when I came out in my underwear at survival of the fittest and it was kind of it's kind of protruded that I wasn't on the show in the tournament. I was just doing commentary. So I was like, oh, you, you want to have a show, Survival of the Fittest without the fittest? Okay, I'll show them I'll show them what's up. And, uh, you know, that just kind of turned into a, you know, um, a thing of its own. And the Flex Express started, you know, traveling up and down the highway. And, uh, you know, just at any opportunity, uh, you know, just flexing and showing off. But it wasn't really helping me win too many matches. And then my son was born, and it made me reevaluate things even more, and uh, you know, get back to uh, get back to business and get back to the basics, and um, really start to uh, own in on uh, technical skill and stuff like that, and not using other things to um, you know try to get by. And and uh, that's uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. So it's uh, it's definitely been an evolution to say the least. There's different hats that through I mean throughout the years you have to wear different hats in a company to be able to have the tenure that you've had. You mentioned commentary, uh, managing uh, wrestling. Is there anything 
that we have not seen on camera, maybe behind the scenes that you've helped out with? Nothing like really like jumps out to mind because, you know, to me, a lot of stuff is just like, you know, giving somebody a helping hand or a tip of advice here and there. And somebody, it's really cool when the, like the light bulb goes off, you know, but something you guys might not know is um, if you guys are familiar with Cheeseburger, you know, another Ring of Honor wrestler, mm-hmm. he started at the Ring of Honor uh, dojo as well. And um, I had already been around for years and, um, you know, was already wrestling on shows and featured on the shows and um cheeseburger came along and he was a new dojo student i was like what the hell this guy you know he's like uh you know 95 pounds soaking wet you know you want to be a wrestler (laughs) you know and he's like yeah i want to be a wrestler and i was like oh okay you know and you know i would you know just ride him extra hard just because um you know that's just how it was when when you're getting into wrestling because that's what happened to you. So, you know, you, you ride the guy's up. heart. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to build character. And um, I'm like trying to tell him, like, all right, you know, you got to eat this, you got to eat that, you got to work out, you know. And he's like, Ugh. and he just, you know, wasn't having it. I was like, all right, this guy, every rest stop we go to, this guy's got to stop and he's got to get a cheeseburger, you know. From now on, I'm going to call you Cheeseburger. And, uh, you know, it was a name that he absolutely hated. Because he looked at it as like, you know, uh, maybe a punishment or, you know, he, nobody really expects to get into wrestling and be called Cheeseburger. You know, he had this whole idea for this cool masked character and all this, you know, all this stuff drawn out. And, you know, nope, nope, rip that up. You know, you're Cheeseburger now. And then once he finally actually got a break to be on the show, just so happened that the whole story that i told you pretty much played out between him and charlie haas and charlie haas called him cheeseburger so and he's went on to do awesome things wrestle at the tokyo dome wrestle at madison square garden you know and uh you know he's really coming to his own so i don't want to say uh sit here and take credit for cheeseburger but um you know because he's taken that name and you know made it into his own thing but yeah, you know, me uh, bullying him around and calling him Cheeseburger is where he got the name from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, definitely credit to Cheeseburger because I don't think anybody could put that name over as much as he has. And like you said, done as much as he has under that name, which is awesome for him. Uh, yeah, is, I would it, have never expected <laughs> Now, that is that type of you know, tough love or, you know, you mentioned like bullying in a way, kind of the way things go in wrestling. And why is that so important? Um, well, at least it did when I got into wrestling. Kind of like that for a few years afterwards, but I don't know, kind of around like 2012, 2013, you know, once everybody got so damn emotional and, <laughs> you know, stuff like that, you know, where, you know, people just, it's, not really a thing anymore you know what i mean like uh everybody's kind of like pampered and catered to and stuff like that but uh i mean i i just think you know playing playing little jokes you know having little nicknames and stuff like that and as long as you're not hurting the person or you know causing physical or mental harm to the person you know uh, you know what's wrong with having a little fun right yeah and it's the way i see it, i mean i i when i went to college i joined a frat um, but those who, yes, you know all about it. So those who really push you more are those who I ended up being the closest friends with after, you know, the whole college experience was over and wrestling is a big fraternity too. So. Right. Right. Um, you 
or hating on him for like the diet he was holding. You know, he needed to eat a little bit more cheeseburgers. So what is your diet like? Because <laughs> you're all shredded uh, and shit. So what do you usually eat? Yeah, uh, I'm actually a, a vegetarian, so um, keep uh, keep a very low carb. Uh, I was doing a lot of uh, intermittent fasting, like a lot of like uh, 18, 20 hour fast, like, and then you eat for like four to six hours. But it was very hard to uh, get all my calories in in that time. And also, I was like, man, like uh, I want to cut back on the intermittent fasting a little bit right now because if we get to a point where you know we physically can't leave the house and i really have to like start fasting <laughs> you know i want to have a little more wiggle room to play with yeah you know <laughs> you never know so, uh, it's a day yeah, by day thing know, so, yeah yeah it's crazy you know especially living in new jersey you know every day you turn on the news and it's worse and worse and worse and you're just like and it's just going to stop. But, um, yeah, vegetarian. So uh, I've been almost uh, three years. Dude, my wife, she just made me this um, this cauliflower-based chicken parmesan tonight. Well, obviously it wasn't really chicken, but um, it was like chicken parmesan, you know. And, oh, man, it was absolutely amazing. If I didn't tell you that it was cauliflower parmesan, you wouldn't even know. But, um, you know, I have a lot of the, like, Morningstar farms, like, replacement chickens and i do their burgers a lot and stuff like that i still have a lot of eggs so that's pretty much what keeps me not being a vegan a lot of protein shakes throughout the day i work out twice a day and ever since we've been quarantined sometimes it's three times a day so it's just uh about getting it in whenever you can and you know think about what you're putting into your body and think about well how's my body going to use this, you know, because once we understand that uh, food is just fuel for our body and, you know, you don't want to eat until you feel sick or anything like that because, you know, what are we accomplishing at that point? You know, you're a lot better off that way. Once we realize that, you know, you, most people would be in a lot better shape. Why the choice of being a vegetarian? Uh, honestly, I, um, so Austin Air is my trainer and, you know, he's a, uh, you know, full-on vegan, and back when he was training us, he was vegetarian at the time. He hadn't gone vegan yet, but um, he was vegetarian at the time, and he'd always be, you know, he, he's very passionate about his beliefs and stuff like that, so, you know, it was always just something. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I can't ever really see myself doing that, though, you know, and I even had my wife, like, put in the wedding vows that she vowed to make me chicken and broccoli for, you know, <laughs> until the end of time or whatever, you know, so eating like chicken and, you know, uh, meat and stuff like that was a very big part of my life, you know, every bodybuilder, you know, grilled chicken, grilled chicken, grilled chicken, yeah. you know, people are in shape, always eating grilled chicken. And then, uh, you know, social media, you know, they always have a way of making you watch whatever is popular on social media at that time, you know, as we all recently found out this quarantine about the Tiger King and Joe Exotic. I don't think there's a person in America who hasn't seen that <laughs> yet, you know. But um, Have you seen that, point, by the way? Oh, of course. Oh, my know? gosh. They're I, freaking uh, crazy. <laughs> you know, I started watching it, and, you know, you, you just can't you can't turn it off. You can't turn away from it, you know. You just sit it's there and you're like, where, where the past five hours? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, you know, so at this point, um, what the health was one of the popular things, so... It was a documentary that me and my wife watched, and you know it was it was about it was like a pro vegan documentary, and 
just some of the scenes I had seen in the movie, like with the animals and the and all, and the way they're. And I was just like, I'm done, you know. And my mm-hmm. wife was like, Yeah, okay, you know. I'm like, Nah, like I'm gonna finish up the rest of that chicken that I bought in the fridge, and then that's gonna be that. I'm not gonna eat meat no more. And she's like, uh, You know, laughing hysterically, like you not gonna eat meat. Okay, I'm like, Nah, yeah, no, no, no. And then, um, sure enough, once that chicken was done in the fridge, uh, that was that, you know. I and uh, I'm a very uh, stick to my beliefs kind of guy, so. If I'm saying I'm going to do something and uh, I'm passionate about it, I'm, I'm going to do it. And uh, that was that. But, like, you know, meat was always kind of weird to me anyways because, like, if you would have, we, we would have went out to, like, Morton Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, Rhett, thanks for doing my podcast. I'll buy you any steak on this damn menu right now. And I was like, ah. And I wouldn't really be up about it, you know. Mm-hmm. I went, ah, ah, no thanks, man. <laughs> like, if my wife was making steak and like it was like on the bone or something i had to cut it off i'd be like eh, it always kind of grossed me out you know i never really like you know cutting it off the bone but yeah. if somebody had like sliced up some steak really nice and thin and cooked it up well done you know and they're like all right that's that's cool you know yeah I, I could do that you know but like as far as cutting it and that stuff and sometimes i'd be eating the food and you know, um, I'd be thinking about like, you know, oh, what body part am I eating? And I remember when I was a kid, when I found out what hot dogs were made of, I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, you know. And that's another thing that happened around this time too was like we had gone to this like pig roast, like you know, somebody was having a pig roast by my house, and and you know, I was just going to hang out, and you know, what we thought like barbecue, like oh yeah, pig roast, cool, you know. And then we get there and you see the thing, and you're like, oh like my it's a gosh, full pig. you know. Yeah face and everything yeah yep. like you know there's always got to be that guy at the party who wants to like eat the nose or some shit and like you know just totally gross you out and you know all this stuff just combined you know and with the movie and you know it's just like you know what i'm good you mentioned austin Erie's had uh you know he had a little bit of influence along the way uh what other things has stuck in your mind uh maybe something he said or you know, now that, you know, years has gone by, that has stuck with you from his training. Um, well, I uh, I learned real quick, you don't learn pilot drivers on the first day at wrestling. You know, when you get into wrestling, you don't realize that there's like a, there's like a, a gradual way to learn the moves and, you know, uh, go through the paces and kind of, you know, prepare yourself to get to the more complex moves and stuff like that. And uh, it was first day of training, and uh, we did a few bumps and stuff like that. And he's like, all right, uh, who wants to learn a pile driver? And I was like, it was, you know, keep in mind, it was just me and uh, Grizzly, Wed- Grizzly Redwood in class. You know, it was, mm-hmm. we're only two guys in our training class. So I was like, oh, yeah, and I, like, raised my hand. You know, he's like, all right, come over here. And he's like, so what you got to do is you got to grab the guy. You got to put, put his head between your legs, you know. And then he just, like, like rips ass on my head i'm like i'm like what the <laughs> and he's like what are you stupid you you don't learn pile drivers on the first day of wrestling school you know <laughs> and i'm like i'm like oh man like yeah i'm stupid like i you know i should have known better and he's like he's like no but really like you, you guys want to learn how to do a pile driver and i was like i was like yeah he's like come over here, i'll teach you and he like grabs me and puts me to his leg 
what did I just tell you? How stupid do you got to be? Yeah, this is two times now. Uh, you don't learn pile drivers on uh, on the first day of wrestling training. So when the inevitable time came to learn how to give and take pile drivers, just to say I was a little bit weary would, uh, would be an understatement. Hell yeah. Uh, that's a very good rule for any uh, new students out there uh, who are taking uh, this journey. Um, you've yeah, been... so if you're becoming a wrestler and you're, you're learning pile drivers on the first day, watch out. Something's watch wrong. Out. <laughs> Uh, we obviously have mentioned throughout this interview your long stay with Ring of Honor. You've mentioned it before. It has been a place where you pretty much have grown up in, uh, where you've had a lot of your life experiences in. Do you ever see yourself growing out of Ring of Honor? Uh, no. Like uh, I personally love it there. You know, They take very, very good care of us. Um, you know, some new things that we've gotten this year is like uh, um, catering now at the events. Um, there was a chiropractor and a masseuse at the last event, you know. It's awesome. You know, during this time where there's no shows and you're just sitting at home, a lot of guys aren't getting paid, but, you know, Ring of Honor, that check is still there every same day, every month. So you don't got to worry about that and you can plan your bills and that's awesome know, without worries and stuff like that so you know I'm, I'm very happy there you know um and everybody's always treated me really well there so um it's like it's like home you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it's these are my my family you know you're on the road and you travel with these people and you're away from your own family and you know you create a bond with all these different people and you know sometimes you know one of those people, you know, they go to a different company or they, you know, just quit wrestling altogether or they get hurt and, you know, it sucks. It's like losing a family member, you know, and you, you try to, you know, keep up with them and stuff, you know, but, you know, it's hard because you're still on the grind, still doing your thing, you know, and still constantly on the move. So to slow down and try to keep up with them, it's hard, but, you know, you do what you can. And, um, so you're always happy for people who go on to other things, you know, because some, uh, some people have different goals and different aspirations, but I'm really uh, happy with Ring of Honor because this is a place where you get to go and do your thing and, you know, still be able, you know, you're, you're only gone maybe four or five days out of the month, you know, where it's nothing too crazy, where you're you're on the road all this time and you, know, you, you still get to spend time with your family and your kids and still be out there living the dream. Yeah, it sounds like they've created a good balance, a uh, life work balance for you guys, which is awesome. Uh, what's next for you then? What, are, what do you have your eyes set on in the future? Man, uh, honestly, uh, I just want to get in a wrestling ring. <laughs> you, know, you know, like uh, with everything that's going on, I feel like you know, I heard them talking on the news the other day that about like the other sports, you know, having people back in it in like July or August possibly and it's just like, Oh my gosh, like this is just wild, you know, but gotta take the uh it's a blessing in disguise, you know, because you get to repair, recover, replenish and get ready for what's next and whatever's thrown my way, you know, I'm swinging for the fences like always and you know, I don't got to get ready because I stay ready. So whatever it may be, you know, I'll be ready for it. And uh, whenever it may be as well. So, you know, 
I know that all the Ring of Honor events are canceled up until June, and June we're supposed to be going to Texas. So I really, uh, you know, hope that happens because uh, gotta go see my man Bucky out, <laughs> out in Texas. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully that that goes on, and hopefully we're we as Americans and we as people are all out, you know, living our lives normally again, you know. Maybe this is a sign for all of us to, uh, you know, be a little bit more cautious, be a little bit cleaner and, you know. I'm enjoying the social distancing rules. I I love people (laughs) staying away from me, especially in a supermarket aisle. People are, like, pushing you around. Like, I'm in New York City. I'm in a subway. People do not respect your space. and So I'm hoping that after all of this is said and done, people understand you guys respect the space, you know, give me some yeah, room, like, yeah. let me breathe. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's worse having somebody on your ass all the time, you know, and you're, you know, getting something out of the frozen food section in the store and someone's breathing on your neck, you're like, dude, you know, and, like, wait your you turn, know, and, bro. There's, <laughs> and there's still the people out, out there, though, that are, are still doing it, you know, and like, and these are the people like you want to just like square up and fight with them for like yep. breaking that six foot rule, you know, like yeah. back up, dude. And then like, oh no, no, I don't got the coronavirus, you know. Like it's like, dude, I don't you care. don't know. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't care. Just respect my space. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, well, listen, Flet. But so Flex with Rhett is up on Tuesdays and Fridays. It's a great opportunity for everyone to during this time when you're at home not become that that homebody that's going to end up getting the Corona 10 instead of like the freshman 10, you know, before you get back to work. So I love that you're doing that. And your blog series with ring of honor is great, man. So keep doing your thing. Anything else that I'm missing that, uh, where people could follow you during this quiet time and then let us know when you're getting back into that ring. Yeah. Uh, facebook.com slash Rhett Titus R H E T T. T-I-T-U-S, youtube.com slash Rhett Titus. Um, and then also on Twitter and Instagram, at Rhett Titus A-N-X. Uh, I don't have any TikTok or anything like that. I'm not into that don't worry, cool stuff like all, <laughs> all the kids these days. But In due time, you guys we'll wanna, have a TikTok. <laughs> if you guys want to go uh, support me or anything like that, you can always go buy a T-shirt. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Rhett Titus A-N-X. And uh, I'd like to see you guys come come and uh, get a workout in. Come flex it right. You know, a lot of people may uh, be a little, um, for lack of a better term, scared to come work out with me because, you know, you, you take a look at me, you know, and you, you figure, oh, you know, I don't want to, some next level shit, you know. But we break it down really easily, so... You know, I have it set up for beginners, intermediate, and advanced, so everybody can get a good workout in and um, be a part of it. You know, so it's it's for everybody. It's not just for a certain type. Everybody, all all fitness levels included. Awesome, brother. And if I could have that six pack by the end of this quarantine, we'll be a very happy household over here. Hey, uh, make sure you do you check out uh, Friday because we'll be doing a special quarantine. Edition where we're going to be focusing on the the core, the abdominal area, the the torso, the uh, the obliques. So definitely want to check that one out. Thanks, brother. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of A Shot of Wrestling. Stay tuned, though. We still have last call. 
What's going on, guys? This is Red Titus, and thank you for listening, but we're not done yet. Stay tuned for the last call. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. Congratulations to Red Titus from the Shaw Wrestling Universe. Uh, having a newborn baby and you know, check out guys, if you guys are looking for workout tips, check him out on Facebook. You know, he's doing a lot of workout tutorials. I could definitely use some, I, I'm, I'm running out of material here as far as working out. I don't want to so say anything, I, but yeah, you definitely can use some tips. <laughs> I've been doing like the, the whole working out from home with my, my wife and she's got these videos, but I think we just hit the last week. So I need, I need to do something else. Okay. So I'm going to check out red tights on Facebook. There you go. Before we get into TV takedown this week, Mark, a little disappointed you didn't mention something last week. One of the biggest takedowns last week happened on TV. I know you're not a fan of it, Mark, but the consistent storyline I talked about with my takedown from WrestleMania was the whole Manny Rose Otis thing that happened, what, since December? January? Okay, okay. I'm glad you're bringing this up, and actually. That, that promo from, I keep calling her Daria, I don't mean to do it on purpose, uh, Sonya Sony Deville. Deville. Um, I think she nailed it. She killed it, and that was her coming out party, no pun intended. I think that's... I, think she, uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. I think she just came into her own in that promo and uh that was a big she, pressure on her and she killed it she 100 percent did you know and uh last week we ran over time well we had a segment for uh for a three count actually as far as like well, who thought would be a uh, good money in the bank winner yeah and in my pick would have been sonia deville uh okay. she would have been up there because you know i at that point you know i felt like she's like she's really almost there i mean she's got yeah. great in-ring ability she's got an amazing look and she can she can actually talk. And man, you, you hit it right in the head. I mean, that that promo on SmackDown it was just her coming out party, uh, as you said. And, the whole, and you know, and what she if, was, if she were to win Money in the Bank, she were to win that contract. I think that would put her completely over. And the thing she was saying how when they come out as a tag team, she got blurred out because they had that blurry side effect on Many Rose's intro. Yeah, something I didn't think about. It always came out to her music, and for her to win the Money in the Bank contract, that extends the storyline even further. So that Especially been... her as a heel, and if she's working with Dolph Ziggler, yeah, that would be great. Uh, you know, it would just it would just add so much with that storyline, and then she can go on to do other things. Uh, to really, again, to elevate Sonya Deville's career to a, a top spot where I think she could be. It's a good pick, Mark. And then they did nothing this week with it. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Uh, I, but yeah, I don't know if you follow them on social media. You know, I see the wars even tonight. They're just going back and forth with each other on social media, so it's, they're keeping that alive, which I dig. You know, and you know, funny. I mean, rightfully so. For you to bring this up for us to not bring it up as a as a takedown moment, it was definitely memorable. Uh, you know, for me again, like you know, I have to stress, you know, that Charlotte Flair, that Rhea Ripley storyline. You know, you know damn well, like I was not a believer in it at first, and uh, that promo package actually completely turned me. So that was why I I picked, I picked what I picked. Hate to interrupt you, Mark. They're showing, uh, I know you turned it off, but they're showing Bill Belichick again in his house, his dining room, which is very small, look like a house, very small house for the winningest coach in Super Bowl history, whatever it is. But on his laptop, he printed out the Patriots logo and taped it to the back of his laptop. I'm like, How, aren't, you, aren't you worth millions of dollars? <laughs> the owner of the, of the Arizona Cardinals is living in this beautiful mansion out of Hollywood, and you're, you're, the, you're Bill Belichick and you're... Pasting he's stuff? he's living the Mark Zuckerberg life. <laughs> that's what he's doing. Uh, that's man. I can't beat that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to our show. TV takedown. Mark, 
Authority yours. My TV takedown moment of the week, actually. Uh, I can't believe I'm going back to NXT with this. I'm going back to NXT here. It was Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae's promo. And the way they did it was pretty cool. You know, they, they, they were in their home. They were having dinner. And, you know, it, it started going to black and white when it got into the heel segments, those heel moments. Mm-hmm. And Gargano brought up a good point. You know, he brought up a lot of good points, you know, as far as, like, you know, them doing it there, uh, them trying to be like the good people in NXT, and then they want to reshape it to their vision. And, um, you know, I, I like the dynamic too, as far as like the husband and wife. It would be like the first time ever husband and wife completely dominates their respective divisions at the same time. And I'm now I'm, I'm sold. I want to see that happen. That'd be cool. Did you watch all of NXT? Yes. Was a, Did a Karrion Cross come back, or was that touch up? On uh, is that, yeah, is that you saying? Yeah, uh, it was like not, he wasn't there. But yeah, they did like a, a video package with him, and then uh, Scarlett was there too. Mm. But it was more so like her voice; it was her voiceover. So my TV takedown. I'm surprised we're not talking about the Triple H anniversary. I think it's well deserved. He deserves it. Uh, fantastic Triple H. I was laughing so much. It was all right. It could have been better, but fine. Uh, it but- could have been better, but you know they 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 did it in their own way. I mean, they couldn't have a big blowout like they, they had fun with it. Would. You thought they had fun. They with had it. fun with it. Yeah. My biggest takedown. Surprising, you know, me and Sheamus have issues. We have heat between, between us. You do. That's so, right. Um, surprising when I say this, my takedown is Sheamus winning a squash match over somebody who is his size. Usually when these big squash matches happen to put over somebody's a big monster, it's some light heavyweight skinny nobody. Right. Well, this guy matched up pound for pound with Sheamus. Yeah. No, some, it was surprising to see. That's something I haven't seen in a long time. Usually supposed to be a lot smaller. Exactly. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time. Like, what? what is, who's this guy? You can't squash this guy. And he squashed him, but for a second, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Because I was just tired of seeing monsters go against these little nobodies, and yeah, okay, this guy's going to lose. For a second there, I thought this guy might have some fighting him, but he didn't, but... I, I, lo- I love seeing guy. I love seeing the enhancement talent actually getting a shot in there. Um, I think enhancement talent is so important. Yeah. And they, they need to be utilized more in WWE, like, you know, because it, it helps as far as breaking things up, seeing the same old, same old. And then also, you know, it legitimizes the superstar himself or herself. You know, it makes him look like more of a more of a badass than they regularly would if they were to go against like you know, the same old people, carry up the same old feud. Well, did you hear? I think Paul Heyman now wants to change squash matches. He wants the the opponent to have some sort of fight in them. But then it's not a squash match. Santana Garrett had some sort of fight in her, and somebody there was two matches referenced during that article. I forgot who it was, but yeah, you're right. There wouldn't be a squash match then, but. Because I, I know, like, you know, uh, Kenny Omega was getting some heat because he, he faced an enhancement talent AEW this week. And, you know, the match lasted longer than it was, and it wasn't necessarily a squash match. It was, it was, match. Um, it, was it was a match. And, you know, enhancement talent is supposed to maybe have, like, one move yeah. at most. You know, then otherwise, it's not, it's not a squash match. It doesn't do its purpose then. Yeah, so people are saying like, oh, you know, Ric Flair would always make someone else look good, but you, you yeah. know, like it, it's di- it's different though. It, it's just so different. You had the territories; they always traveled. You know, like, this is a weekly product that you see every day. You know, and uh, it, it's just so different now. Enhancement talent—you're supposed to make the superstar look like a superstar, not to make the enhancement talent look any more than that, that person is. But that's your that's your moment of the week. Sheamus fighting an enhancement talent. The enhancement talent being not uh, somebody believable. It's not just a skinny, 100-pound nobody. So I have all the things that happened this week in wrestling. Yeah. That's your favorite moment. 
that's the thing that it wasn't my favorite moment it's the moment that stood out to me the most interesting interesting um it just like i said there was a big muscular guy who's pound for pound matched up with sheamus i'm like this is not who i expect sheamus to go up against i expect him to go against one of the lucha house party guys so you're not all intrigued by like other things that are going on in wwe you're not at all, at all intrigued by seeing like gargano candice Lorray reign as men's champion and women's champion at the same time or that heel um, turn that they had you're not the mass, you're not the mass singer is back and now they have a post-game show so i've missed nxt this week so you of course then you missed aew of course um Nothing on Raw. Not, nothing. Nothing interesting in Raw. Nothing interesting. I don't. Interesting I really, in SmackDown. I really don't see why you're hating on my takedown. I'm just saying, Sheamus being enhancement talent is your moment of the week. No, the enhancement talent being someone of some credibility, not just a puny nobody. No, I, I, same thing. It's enhancement talent. All right. Well, I agree to disagree. And, and enhancement talent's enhancement talent. Yeah, but it, uh, Sheamus beating this muscular, equal pound for pound uh, enhancement talent is more believable. I guess not more believable. Says something more than him beating a hundred pound skinny twig nobody. Yeah, it puts, puts him over, puts him over more than him beating uh, James Ellsworth type guy. Oh, James Ellsworth was supposed to be enhancement talent, and then I'm saying the tight mark. I'm saying the tight mark. <laughs> did you watch that match? This guy was muscular, pound for pound, could be like an I did star. see. I did see. I'm like, I, I wasn't like, I, I was like, oh wow, yay, Sheamus. I would never have said that. I'd never said yay, Sheamus. <laughs> Fuck him. I'm just saying, it's it's interesting to see it, him beating that guy in a squash match puts builds him up more than him squashing a skinny guy. Now we're talking in circles now, Mark. I know you want to stretch can, the time. Can, can Sheamus beat you in a squash match? No. Because we talked about 10 minutes ago, I'll probably put up some sort of fight. <laughs> I got the big boot. I can put him in a sharpshooter. You uh, don't know how to do a sharpshooter. Stop it. Yes, yeah, the first wrestling move I've ever learned. First wrestling just move you ever learned. Just by watching it, yeah. That's, that was my that was my uh, combo with the super kick into the sharpshooter. I'm, I'm sure Hank Flanagan's listening to this. I'm sure he's, he he'd love to see you try a sharp sharpshooter on any him. day of the week, bro. Any day of the week. <laughs> I ain't scared. You hear that, Hank Flanagan? That's a challenge. I ain't scared of him. Okay. Okay. Um, speaking of BWO Froster, you hear about Tyree Taylor? I think he called you a bitch before the show started. Why don't you choke him out again like he did, like Seamus did to Michael Cole when Mark almost pissed his pants? I never I didn't call Tyree Taylor a bitch. I respected Tyree Taylor. Yeah, I, it's on. Video is recorded that you called him a bitch multiple times. The bitch boy from Brooklyn. Never happened. It happened multiple times. It never happened. Check out their check out BWF on YouTube and you'll see Mark here. Mark called the big man from Brooklyn the bitch boy from Brooklyn. That video is doctored. You know there was uh you you don't you don't don't see me on video actually calling someone actually manipulated my voice in there. I don't know. I don't know what happened Mm -hmm. there with that. Sure. Okay. I know you want to trust for time, but that's ridiculous. So, Mark, let me ask you a question. Yeah, what's up? Something, another takeaway that I had this week. You can't have more than one takeaway, but go on. What's your question? Uh, it's my show. We have time. My show? It's something we agreed this, on. This past week on Impact, they started night one of their Rebellion pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Rebellion was a big pay-per-view that's happened a couple weeks ago here in New York. It had, of course, had to be postponed. So now they are doing it pre-taped over two nights at the arena. The main event was the world champion, Tessa Blanchard, going against both Michael Elgin and Eddie Edwards, okay? Sick, okay. So much like Goldberg versus Roman Reigns, both Eddie Edwards and Tessa Blanchard pulled out for safety reasons. Got it. Uh, Eddie Edwards... Can't blame him. Eddie Edwards said that she was stuck in Mexico as an excuse. I don't know if she's legit. I know people are stuck in Mexico. So we'll find out in the coming week on night two of Rebellion. 
But on night one rebellion, they had a face-to-face interview with Eddie Edwards saying, explaining why he's pulling out of the main event picture. Talking about his time as world champion. He loved being world champion. This is his life. Yada, yada, yada. But family comes first. Safety comes first. And Respect. I got to do, do, do what's best for my family here. Do you think they should have done something like that with Roman Reigns instead of just dropping him from the face of WWE Universe? Like, I think that would have been more like, uh, here's Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, because they publicized his leukemia battle. So they had one-on-one interview via Skype, via Zoom with Roman Reigns explaining the situation. It makes Ron Strowman as world champion make some sense in storylines, no? That's it the first thing I thought me, of. It makes me think that Vince McMahon is pissed off at Roman Reigns. And because there's a lot of ways they could have handled this. You know, not for nothing... Yeah, there's a lot of slow news in sports world because no sports is going on. So Roman Reigns, that story was picked up all over the tabloids and the ESPN and all over when Roman Reigns dropped out of WrestleMania just a few days before it was supposed to shoot. Yeah. Right? So, which was supposed to be a main event match. So, then all of a sudden, they put Braun Strowman in there. Not even mentioning that Roman Reigns was supposed to be in the match itself or... No mention of why Braun Strowman is supposed to be replaced. They put Braun Strowman in there as if that was the match the whole time. Like, we were, like we're dummies. Like, we don't know. And then what happens? The releases happen. And then Vince McMahon adds this little tidbit saying, Roman's Reign, Roman Reigns' name is not to be mentioned on TV for the foreseeable future. You know, you, know you, you just do the math there. Obviously, Vince McMahon is pissed off. Vince McMahon is not happy. Personally, he'd be pissed off. Fine, that makes sense. But business-wise, he can't. He said publicly... Anybody can bat. They don't. No one has to perform. They don't want to perform, especially when they're publicized. Of he's going to say that. Leukemia. He can't perform. Even if he wanted to perform, he can't. But I think that if they went that route, had a one-on-one interview with Michael Cole explaining why he wasn't there, would have made much more sense than just ignoring, erasing him. Of course, of course. I'm like well done, Impact. Terrible. That's a class act by Impact. Expl- that would mean a lot tra- more Not sense. treating us like dummies. But you know, you know Vince McMahon. Explaining why they're changing you, you the name of a You know how he would get. I mean, like, the, the dude does hold a grudge. He does get pissed off. But I feel like it's, and something it's like that would piss him off. Yeah. Two days before he's supposed to shoot. This has also been better PR then. You have Roman Reigns pulling out for health reasons, them allowing it. Roman Reigns can pull, push over I'm, his leukemia. I'm with it. you. Looking forward to night two of Rebellion. Tuesday night, Access TV. AXS TV, Mark. If nothing to watch on Tuesday nights, check it out. A lot of good matches coming up for night two. A lot of good matches happen on night one. But I only have one takedown, so time to get into our three you, counts. You had one, yeah, one takedown, and you chose Sheamus over your favorite promotion, Impact. Okay, I don't know why you don't understand what I'm saying. I know, I I'm not picking Sheamus. Saying. I'm picking the you're fact picking, that Sheamus squashed Sheamus. a legit competitor yeah. instead of. I'm, I'm, I'm happy they're not putting these monsters against these unbelievable skinny twigs. I feel like Anderson Cooper talking to the to the mayor. In Las Vegas right now. <laughs> well, that's how I feel most of the time talking to you, because you make no sense. Get Richard through some three count, Mark? Yes. I didn't really care. Your hands are going to do it anyway. It's time for the three count. All right, Mark, I mentioned it during our takedown. It was the 25th anniversary of Triple H. Triple H. 25, a quarter of a century. Fantastic. I was a fan of his since day one. I was a big fan of the uh, Blue Blood. He's one of the rare guys I love to heal or face. I followed his career since the beginning. Plus, it's hard to believe that WCW gave him the boot, right? Well, give a guy terrorizing. It's not really a marketable name. <laughs> I guess not. So let's pay homage. Homage? Tomato, homage. Tomato? Yeah. homage. Right. In our three count, let's pick our top three matches. Again, pulling the curtain back. Today we're talking about what do we want to talk about in the three count. You mentioned that's on a Triple H. Definitely, we got to do that. 
Absolutely. We, we just couldn't really uh, figure out, was it going to be matches, moments, There's rivalries? so much, yeah. There's so much to cover with Triple H with I've his iconic 25-year career. He's one of the rare guys who could just do theme songs. He has so many theme songs, so many entrances, yeah. so many rivalries. Yeah, so uh, let's go with matches, which is very hard. So many matches over 25 years. Yeah. I couldn't. I, I was looking back at something. I was like, "Man, wow! I forgot about that. I forgot about that one too." Oh my god! And I loved how tonight on SmackDown uh, they paid homage to his WrestleMania history, and it's mostly losses. They, yeah, they just well, so Michael's lost a lot of yeah. it too. <laughs> so it was very funny how they did that. But Mark number three. So I think we can agree that Intercontinental Title is kind of useless today, and it's been for a long time. Shut up. What? Go ahead. I, th- I think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be kidding me, man. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Let's finish it. So, like, I, I missed this when the Intercontinental Championship meant something. There were, like, actual Absolutely. real rivalries happening for it. And, you know, um, it just really elevated Triple H to the next level. You know, the, the match they had at SummerSlam, Triple H versus The Rock. It was a ladder match. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. Like, it, it, it really catapulted Triple H to the next step. Where he needed to be. I mean, he was already like uh, on the cusp of rising since he, like, his days with DX with Shawn Michaels, but now you know he's the guy for DX now. And I think The Rock was was he part of the Nation at that point? Yeah. So yeah, DX had that rivalry with Nation. Iconic just, rivalry. Yeah. Who could, who could fit like, X Pac dressed up as Mizark? <laughs> dude, uh, those are hilarious. Yeah. But like, even back then, like you know, the Intercontinental Championship it would change hands, but like it always meant something. It was, it, there was always a good rivalry, a good story yeah. along with it. Uh, I, I just miss those days, and uh, I think Triple H, who was a great Inter- Intercontinental Champion, was a great match, uh, and definitely meant something. I take it this is on your list too. It's funny that two legends, all-time legends, going for the IC title had an intense rivalry for the IC title. What can you say lately that's been like that? And nothing. Uh, nothing at all. The Rock, Triple H, SummerSlam 98 as well as my number three. But yeah, like, it, this match, put you talk about Triple H, this match put both men on the map. 100%. They, they both led their mid-card stables and trying to do some research. This is the first match that came to my head. I don't know why it's number, my, number three, but it's one of the first matches that came to my head personally. So I looked it up and uh, there's a fun fact someone I think on Twitter posted about it. Saying, and I quote, more importantly, The Rock, Triple H, both wrestled the best match of their career thus far, setting the stage for even greater future success as both would win their first WWE Championship within the year. Right. So that, if that, that match didn't happen... That's a fun fact I didn't even think about. Did, yeah. Like, who knows where Triple H and Rock would have been with their careers. And you knew, when you watched those two guys go at it, like, you knew, like, all right, we have something special here. Okay, so I hope it's not a precursor for our next two. I don't think our number one's the same, Mark, but number two. All right, number two for me. Uh, number one and number two are pretty close. I'm going to have to go. All right, I'm doing this. This is going to be my okay. number two. So, you know, I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan. Hell yeah. These two, they've had a tremendous rivalry, and all of them were fucking fantastic matches. You, you know, uh, part of me almost wanted to put Shawn Michaels versus Triple H in the Royal Rumble, the last man standing match. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I have to go with Shawn Michaels' return. It was at Nassau Coliseum, I believe, at SummerSlam. It was a non-sanctioned fight. This is your pick, too, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Do we just have the same taste of matches? Our number one is definitely different. I'll tell you that for a fact. Okay. But, all right. Well, if you let me, 
you know, like, I don't think any of us expected a Shawn Michaels to perform at the level he did in that match. You know, yeah, like, and that, like, we'll intertwine here, we can dance together here. It was supposed to be a one-time match return. Right. This wasn't his return to WWE. It was a one-match return. Right. And then it became something. It was fantastic, yeah. And they had one of the most gruesome rivalries that I can remember. Like, especially that match. It was just the punishment that Triple H laid out. You really, showed, you really saw the cerebral assassin in him, the way he was just laying it to Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And, um, you know, Shawn Michaels winning the way he did, you know, it was just, uh, what was it? It was, it was, a, it was like a bridge uh, pin, right? By the way, I don't know if you told me this, but I was there for that too. Yeah, I know you were. I'm I was there, jealous. Like live and in person for free. <laughs> That's a Coliseum. Because I feel like if Shawn Michaels like, won, like completely, like you know, being dominant over Triple H, he wouldn't have had the storyline to where it was. The way Shawn Michaels won that match helped elevate that storyline to where it eventually became. It was just, it was iconic. Even the ending of that match was good because uh, Shawn Michaels won, but Triple H got the upper hand by attacking the surgically repaired back. Yeah, keeping that storyline going on further, uh, it was just fantastic. And what better way to come back than to face your best friend Triple H? Yeah, great pick number two. But I think if I'm a betting man, we have a different number one. But if we don't, that's insane. Okay, I mean, dude, dude we're talking about twenty five pre- years here. So, Mark, you're number one. Okay, well, Triple H, I would have to say probably one of his best performances. Uh, he had a lot of great chemistry here. It, it wrapped up a story. It was the end of an era. It was Triple H versus Undertaker, WrestleMania, Hell in a Cell match. WrestleMania 28. WrestleMania 28. That was a good this match. Is not, this is not yours? This is not my number one. Awesome. Insane chemistry. I mean, they, they already fought each other a few times at WrestleMania before. Yeah, They've I, had their rivalries. And the first one was pretty years. good. The one was X7? X8? Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. And uh, even the one that they had. It was, a, it was a, one of the shitty WrestleMania. One right before, the year before. 27. 27, right. That oh, makes sense. That was a bad match, It wasn't a bad match. Yeah. No, not at all. But this one, just like, wow. Wow. The fact that... It, I think it was Undertaker's one of his last best uh, matches as well, actually. And just adding the element of Possibly. Shawn Michaels coming back as a referee. You know, Triple H getting... A, oh, what was it? No, Shawn Michaels hit Switch the Music into a pedigree. You think it was over. You think Triple H is going to beat the streak at that point. No, in a kick out. Yeah. yeah. It was just insane. Just so many false finishes and a great way to end the story. And then, of course, you know, we have the iconic moment at the end with Triple H, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. End of an era. Top of the ramp. Yeah. End of an era, man. It was, it was perfect. It, you know, the only thing that would have made that moment better if all three of them just left in the sunset. Yeah. Good number one. I'm happy we have a different number one. Very happy. With it. That, was, that was close to being my number one. One of his Undertaker matches. But again, we're going personal, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was my personal. Yeah. And uh, a big, uh, a big criticism of Triple H, he doesn't put new talent over, which is bullshit, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's bullshit too. He's put a lot of people he over built his NXT. career. <laughs> well, during his heyday, he can't put this guy over as much as he did in 2005. His rivalry with the Animal Batista. I watched their match at WrestleMania 21 back in 2005. Great match, but it culminated. In their hell in a cell in vengeance in 2005, uh, it was just it just solidified Batista's rise to the upper echelons to the main event, and Triple H kept losing to him. He lost three matches. He never got his receipt back because he wanted to put Batista over. And I just felt this was a very fun match to watch. I watched it back today, and much as I love their 21 match, this match just solidified that rivalry 
I would have to say, Putty, that was probably Batista's best match of his career. Definitely up there, yeah. Like the the story that they told, uh, and then how it all just came to an end. It was a, a gruesome match. Yeah, because not only storyline, it was I mean, not only match wise, it was a story behind it as well. Yeah, I don't want to sound like a selfish picking Batista match here, but I just thought this storyline, everything, this match was perfectly tied in a bow. Well done. I, it's hard for me to argue with that uh, because you know it was. Yeah, it was a culmination. It was a great way to end it. And, you know, as I mentioned before, I mean, that was Batista's best match, in my opinion, of his career. And, you know, it's funny. We both picked Hell in a Cell matches for Triple H. You ever notice, I feel like Triple H, he thrives in Hell in a Cell. I mean, he always steps up his game for those matches. I think Triple H put Hell in a Cell on the map with that Mankind match. With Cactus Jack, yeah. Sorry, Cactus Jack, yeah. That was, I've seen a lot of people's number ones. Yeah, He's been in a lot of Hell in a Cell matches. He has. Like, you yeah. know, people correlate the Hell in a Cell match with The Undertaker. But True, yeah. no, Triple H, I think, may have been as, just as many or maybe even a little think, bit more than Undertaker. More. I think a lot more. I mean, you think he like, sick fuck, enjoyed it. Yeah. Man. <laughs> but, you know, you notice, though, I mean, both Hell in a Cell matches, they would, they would culminate the storylines. I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah. the thing about Hell in a Cell. Like, you know, you would escalate to that point And, uh, you know, all right, you know, we've, got, we've been through everything. You know, Hell. In a yes. cell. Now, you don't have that. You just randomly have a Hell in a Cell match thrown out there because we have a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, which I think is so stupid, man. It just takes away from the Hell in a Cell. I agree. From the match itself. Because that Hell in a Cell should be like the uh, the big payoff here. But So if you're going to pay it off, pay it off at that pay-per-view, not have it be match number two in your rivalry. Well, just, just get rid of those, those pay-per-views. Yeah. Like, it just makes no sense. Like, I don't want to, like, have a build-up. Like, oh, well, here we go. It's TLC. I guess we're going to have TLC matches now. Mm-hmm. Or That's here true. we go. Extreme Rules. We're going to have Extreme Rules match now. And probably a main event, Steel Cage. All right. Hell in a cell. Like, no, man. Just give me give me back in your house. I'll, I'll even take that. Give me back in your house. And let me be surprised when I hear a Hell in a Cell match. Or a Three Stages in Hell match. A Three Stages in Hell. I, I miss those matches. That's <laughs> our uh, top three Triple H personal top three matches of all time there are so many more me and mark matched for two of them so instead of six we don't plan this no we don't we don't tell each other beforehand hey what's your what's your top three maybe we should (laughs) maybe we should instead of picking six matches we have four matches so let us know yours in a 25 year career we didn't mention his survival with stone cold cactus jack mankind honored oh he's mentioned the undertaker um, so let us know yours. Inbox at starbucking.com. Dial it up, 619-343-3005. Or hit us up on our social medias, your top three favorite Triple H matches of all time. Ultimate Warrior, baby. I was going to put that on my short list, but I'm like, mm. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, squat, you talk about squash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mark, that is it for this show. Any go-home thoughts for you? Oh, man, I have some. But, you know, I... Uh... You only have one. You only pick one. No, 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 no. That's the rules. There's no rules for go-home thoughts. <laughs> well, I just want to give a shout-out, actually, uh, a couple of shout-outs. One to Jedi Jack Getty. Thank you, guys, for uh, for partnering up with us. Again, guys, check them out on Instagram, SOW25. You get 25% off for $10, uh, $10 purchase out or more. Really, I'm not a sticker guy, but the, those designs, they're dope. And, uh, yeah, get some kick-ass stickers, wrestling, Star Wars, whatever. And um, let me shout out to Jimmy J, my boy. Okay, hey, Jimmy J. 
Jimmy J, man, like, you know, he's kicking ass there doing his work for BCW there, even during the quarantine uh, with his curtain call every week. Uh, guys, check it out if you can. It's on YouTube, BCW Curtain Call featuring Jimmy J. And uh, he, every week he's got new talent on from the BCW roster, uh, letting you guys know exactly what's going on with them during the quarantine and uh, doing some of the rivalries and the storylines coming up. So check them out. I was even a guest. Yeah, no one cares, Mark. People care. I have over, I have over ten thousand following me on Twitter alone, dude. People gotta care. Do you really? I do. Wow, that's crazy. You're a, you're a celebrity. I act for a living. Wow, good for you, buddy. Good for you. I feel like this is like news to you. Ten thousand. That's a that's a big number. I say just to Twitter. Alone. I think I have like ninety. That's <laughs> <laughs> make me beat Mark Schwann. Follow me on Twitter at Michael J Putty. Give me 10,000 followers by next week so I can barber to Mark Schwann's face. Yeah, challenge. Challenge accepted. Please. <laughs> Please. I want, I want yeah. to see Putty try to kick my ass here in this one. I'm not, oh, and, and, I'm not as entertaining as you on Twitter, so I, I barely post. So Just, just guys, do it for principle. Make it, just beat me. If, if they're going to do anything at all, maybe they should try calling in the hotline because uh, we do have a promo hotline challenge. We do. Please explain it. So uh, we have a wrestler, an indie wrestler. Some of you guys may recognize. Yeah, not just any any wrestler, yeah. Are we allowed to say the name, or is this supposed to be a surprise for them? Uh, we can say the name. We can say the name? Yeah. I, I don't want to say the name. It's, Cas- no, it's Casanova Valentine. We post it on our Twitter and Instagram. It's fine. Thank you, buddy. Well, Casanova Valentine, Yeah. you can call in. He's going to cut a promo on you, and you get a chance to respond via voicemail. What do we win, Mark? Well, you're going to win. Uh, we have some new shot of wrestling designs and merchandise, so you'll get to win uh, some of our new merchandise that we have. I saw some in the, make, uh, in the making from Abel. I released a, a little quick pick on Twitter. So you can see uh, you see it's just a brief little sample there what we have there. We have some cool stuff coming out. So the winner will get a chance to win one of that before it even releases to the public. So guys, call on in. I want to hear I want to hear some really cool promos. I want to hear you kick Casanova Valentine's ass. 619 Three four three three zero zero five, and we will play that promo. The winner on the air. Look forward to that. Pass the show, Mark. So for the Hollywood assassin, your favorite actor, Mark Schwann. For Rhett Titus, our own Abel the Green Man. I have been your host at Mark J Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last call at the bar. Oh. All right, everybody, thanks for sticking around. You have made it to last call, and we're still here with Ring of Honor's own Rhett Titus. Rhett, now it's really simple. I ask you a question, and the first thing that comes to your mind is the first thing you answer. Are you ready? Man, uh, you know, you've been throwing a lot of shots at me tonight, uh, but if it's last call, I'm still standing. Let's do this. And away we go. What is your favorite adult beverage? Uh, Mickey Loeb. Other than wrestling, what do you nerd out to? Wrestling figures? <laughs> um, no, uh, working out. Who has been your toughest opponent? The Briscoes. What fictional character would you like to tag with? Hmm. Uh, uh, what about uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character in Pulp Fiction? Badass. <laughs> yeah.
Uh, do you prefer changing diapers or taking bumps? Oh, uh, well, I actually have a, uh, I always say, save that poopy for the mama. So uh, taking bumps. <laughs> <laughs> what is the worst job you ever had? Oh, I've had a lot of bad jobs. Um, worst, probably a busboy at this pizza restaurant when I was like underage and they were only paying me $2 an hour. Oh, my horrible, God. Horrible. What do you consider your prized possession? My son. Oh, nice. Who is your celebrity crush? Uh, I know this is going to sound really weird, but um, my son's on this really big Mickey Mouse clubhouse uh <laughs> okay. You know, kick it, you yeah. know, so you know, he he always pops when Minnie comes on the screen and Daisy's my girl, so uh Daisy Duck. I was gonna say Daisy Daisy's very overlooked. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about double dating with them pretty soon. So <laughs> What was the best wrestling event you went to as a fan? Mm, I went to a lot of wrestling events. Um Best wrestling event, I'd probably say uh, Ring of Honor, the Era of Honor begins, very first show. And finally, if your career ended tomorrow, what would you like to be remembered for? Being jacked all the damn time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that definitely will be written on your tombstone one day. So thank you so much, brother, for joining us on A Shot of Wrestling. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams, oh my, and maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah baby, but I got you pinned, ha 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 but I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case, they're cashing it in, authority all in my face, what is a man to do, good night everybody!